Hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet and oh man Matt do we have a big show this week and hopefully my camera doesn't fuck up and go all weird and sepia tone this week. It's fine now. It's fine now. I uh, I did a wonderful interview this week that everyone will actually get a chance to listen to about the midway point of uh, this episode with the always wonderful uh, Jim Zub. And it was funny when I was recording his end of the interview, his camera went all weird and sepia tone for a minute. So maybe it's not all my fault. I don't know. It's probably something to do with OBS or something, probably. how they ca- how it captures colors or something. I don't know. Or Skype, something wrong with Skype. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking know yeah we're like the last show that still does this on skype we probably should have moved over to zoom or Streamlink or something by now should oh, try well. uh was it discord or something yeah we really should i i recorded something with discord before the only problem it, it turned out fine the only problem is is that with the base thing i couldn't control my background mm-hmm. and every time i like brought up another window to read something it captured that too ah that sucks yeah I actually had like a whole thing recorded on Zoom that I or saw on Discord that I was gonna put up, but didn't put up because of that reason. Where it's like, ah, crap! People see me checking my notes. <laughs> oh, look professional. So, how have you been, Matt? How's your week been treating you? Not too badly. Not too badly. I, I had a good. pretty pretty chill week. Um, I tried to get it. I do as many comics as I could, but I had like some work to do elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Tried to play some video games and I played probably nice. about ten minutes all up this week. <laughs> I know that feeling. I I'm still not. I still haven't beaten Cyberpunk yet because I'm going out of my way to do every single side quest on my first go through. And I know that if you like start chapter three too early, to lock you out of a bunch. So I don't want to do that. I'm I'm not touching that game until they fix it. So uh, it probably won't be touching it till like 2022. I'm I'm lucky that I haven't encountered any of the horrible game breaking stuff yet. It's been mostly okay. Now that being said, I turned down every setting <laughs> on my computer to make it run nicely. But hey, you know it it is what it is. I I just finished a whole storyline with uh carry uridine that i thought was actually mm-hmm. pretty interesting in its relationship to you know the entertainment industry and not being a phony but also being very phony at the same time it was that, it was, that was a good quest line i like that it one. is it was definitely one of the better quest lines because they set up carry to be like the anti johnny silverham mm-hmm. and then like the more you get to know him it's like no you guys actually have more in common than you care to admit <laughs> yeah <laughs> And again, whether you're a rebel or where you whether you sell out, you're still both incredibly unhappy at the end of the day. So what the fuck did any of it matter? Uh, uh, chat talking about other people they wouldn't mind to uh, see me interview. Well, you know, I could always ask them, but if you tell them to come on the show too, that helps even more. It does. <laughs> Yeah, most uh, most definitely. Uh, what did I do? Ooh, before we came on here, I watched most of that new Tom Hanks movie, News of the World. I I have that. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, it's pretty solid so far. It's it's Tom Hanks in a western. It's Tom Hanks doing you know really important adult stuff. You know, reading reading the news from town to town when that was actually a job you could do apparently. Yeah. Oh, just before we started, I started watching the new season of Batgirl, and yeah, I heard it's, that. It's all right. I, they, 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 there's huge plot problems with the fact that of they've course. just recast. How uh, how much of a soft reboot is it? Because I figure it has to be. It yeah, it basically is. It's basically it, like a whole new show because yeah, it has to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's still like plots carrying on from the the uh previous season but it doesn't make any sense to me really because those plots all hinged on the fact that kate came was a physical person in the show not someone they keep just alluding to there's something so fascinating about batwoman season two and how they just refuse to recast Mm -hmm. kate kane they're like no we're moving on we're doing something new and different and on one hand it's like well that seems silly when you have all these options not to but on the other hand ooh, that's a ballsy move cotton let's see if it pays off (laughs) i guess time will tell part of me almost does want to see it work but then if it doesn't work it's like man just take batgirl 2 and you know keep the costume and put her on freaking legends of tomorrow or something well one problem i already have with this this season is that the 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 new the new becca who's great in in the role but like her whole thing is that she wants to use the bat suit to kill the people that killed her mother and we already had that plot arc in the first season with kate 
So we're having it again. Oh no. So we're just retreading the same water. Weirdest thing about that too in the chat is mentioning as well. We never did find out why Ruby Rose walked off the show the Not way really, she did. Not really, no. No. There was hints that like the stunt work was too much yeah, or that's the only she might have been injured or something or Yeah. Or maybe she just didn't want the commitment and figured, "Hey, I'm still in Hollywood yeah. movies too. I can still do that." I don't I don't know. I feel like that's something that, you know, will always be gnawing in the back of my mind there that we never got an answer to that question yeah i'm sure like somewhere down the line we will when the oh, show's everything. finished or something yeah yeah everything always comes out eventually hey when are the other cw shows coming back because i guess it's soon if they're coming out with this uh superman the lowest starts in february nice i'm Can't not sure about the other shows i don't i'm not sure even what's like filmed or not filmed yeah, I'm dying for Flash to come back, uh, considering that the season ended on such a cliffhanger that it mm -hmm. did because it was forced to. Yeah, yeah, well, the same with Supergirl. That ended on, they all ended, like, prematurely, except for Legends. Yeah, that one actually got to do the ending it wanted. And again, hell, what's Legends even going to be this season now? I'm dying to know. I don't know, but goddamn Diggle's in it, in a secret hey. role. Probably Ooh. Jon Stewart. Probably Jon Stewart. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely down for that. Oh, hey, McKelly is here with a bunch of uh, premieres for the season. Anything interesting <laughs> here? <laughs> Nancy Drew. Uh, yeah. Is that a show? She, I guess they, that's oh, a they're show. making a new Walker Texas Ranger show because that's like plastered oh. all over the streaming services here. Of course. <laughs> Walker Texas Ranger minus, you know, uh, the problematic former star who said that if Obama got reelected, there'd be a thousand years of darkness. <laughs> It's weird as well because it's being rebooted on the CW. Really? So it's like it's like a CW. It's it's got the guy who played Sam from Supernatural as the main character. Wow! So they just moved him right over. Yeah, it's so strange. It's it's like a watered down like justified. Wow. Eh, I mean, you know, could be worse for the CW. Uh, yeah. Man, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Jenny Nicholson, the uh, YouTuber, video essayist, whatever you want to call her, did like a four-hour epic on the show The Vampire Diaries. And I'm like, I have never watched a single episode of The Vampire Diaries, <laughs> but you're goddamn right that I'm going to sit and watch this video <laughs> on it. And I did. And I learned so much. And there was honestly something kind of nice about it to be like, oh, a lot of the problems that I see on Flash and Arrow and a lot of these other CW shows aren't unique to the superhero genre no. and to these shows. It's a CW thing. It's like a formula they use and they are, the only thing they really change is like who the characters are. It's like yeah. this formula they have and then don't change that formula. In fact, so much to the point, I wanted to steal Jenny Nicholson's format and I wanted to do like my <laughs> own four-hour epic on how many seasons of Flash have we had? Six, seven? Something like that. I want to do one on 20. that because I figure, yeah, because I figure I could totally steal that format and make more or less the same video, and that it could possibly be just as entertaining. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's good shit, everyone. Even if you don't care about uh, Vampire Diaries, check out that video. It's very, very eye opening. There's apparently a point in that show where like the main girl, the Bella Swan of the show, left the show, and it still ran for two more seasons. Oh, okay. <laughs> And I'm like, that's amazing when a show reaches that point when the star leaves and they keep it going for two seasons. <laughs> they did not kill her. They said she was in a coma, which makes oh. me wonder, is that what they're going to do with Ruby Rose on the Batwoman? You know, we're not killing her. It's just, well, you know. Well, the, uh, the 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 plot of the first episode is that, like, her plane goes down and she's assumed uh, dead because that's where the girl finds the, the bat suit. Right. And she's, just, she's basically in the same boat that Bruce Wayne was in the show, uh, which, funnily literally. enough, he's in the show now. Which is fucking insane, which means, okay, how long is it going to be before he suits up? Because, I mean, come on, we never thought well, we'd see Superman and Supergirl until we did. Well, there, there, there's, a, there's a little caveat in that it's not Bruce Wayne, it's Tommy Elliott as oh. Bruce Wayne. Okay, right, because, yeah, because they introduced Hush in the last mm -hmm. season. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. So, uh, yeah, with that, everyone, we can actually hop in to the show proper this week. But before we even do that, after all my grousing last week about the show only getting so many views, which, hey, thank you, everyone, for writing me. And I think I came to the realization, even if we do struggle breaking 2K sometimes, it doesn't really matter because that's, you know 
almost 2k that i can set my watch to and most youtubers would it's kill. consistent <laughs> it's consistent and youtubers would kill for consistency because most youtubers don't have consistent audiences and mm -hmm. that's what you really need to keep chugging along in this but i guess the universe heard my cry too because uh an old sponsorship deal that i thought had fallen through you know in the before times in the long ago before march and before COVID, uh they actually wrote me back and we actually have a hell of a sponsor uh for this episode and probably for more episodes too moving forward you want to hear about the sponsor matt i do well, our new sponsor is Wild Bill's Soda, also known as Wild Bill's Craft Soda. Chances are you've probably seen these guys before because they used to be a fixture at Comic-Cons and Rib Fests and music shows and just all the sorts of general outdoor fun stuff that we used to love before, you know, the world went to hell. <laughs> And uh, these guys are famous for a lot of things, but probably the best idea they have is that if they're at one of your events, you can buy one of these copper cups for like 20 bucks. And so long as you have one of these cups, you get endless refills. Oh, wow. That's cool. It's a great idea. And what flavors could you be refilling, Matt? Well, they got some truly killer flavors. There's Outlaw Orange Cream, Six Shooter Sarsaparilla. Man, I wish I could really go for some of that right about now. <laughs> They, uh, th they are sending me some stuff. I didn't have it in time for the show, but I wanted to do this ad spot anyway. Buckin' Birch Beer, Vintage Vanilla Cream, Open Trail Ginger Ale, which is just fun to say. It is. G-G-Gatling Gun Grape, which sounds delicious. <laughs> that sounds cool. And finally, Rocky Mountain Root Beer. Uh, there's a link down in the description. You can check them out for yourself. You might not be able to enjoy it at any event right now, but you can get it for yourself. In fact, if you use the promo code, which my friend Matt has been nice enough to put up here on screen right now, use the promo code CAPEJOEL, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. This is one of the coolest companies to ever try and sponsor us. And hey, if you all buy a lot of it, maybe they'll name a flavor after us. Well, what do you think the comic <laughs> multiverse flavor should be? Ooh. Multiverse all, all mango. The, yeah, I was thinking, I was just thinking that. All the good ones are kind of taken. They really are. Uh, comic book kiwi. See, I hate mango and kiwi anyway as flavors. <laughs> so already, that's uh, that's rough. Tell you what, in the comments section down below, everyone, if the comic multiverse was a flavor of Wild Bill Soda, what would we be? <laughs> and they do a lot more than soda, too. You can actually buy mugs. They got all sorts of different merch and everything going on for all the different events. And Lord willing, when this is all said and done, we can have a nice glass of one of these together at a Comic-Con or something down the line. So check that out and tell them Cape Joel, Matt, and the Comic Multiverse sent you. Yeah, have, have one for me because I can't actually have them because they don't yeah. ship here to Australia, unfortunately. I checked. Damn. I was going to get some, but they don't ship here. Yeah, I don't know what the what is it what the shipping is. I'm assuming it's all throughout North America and the continental United States, but I could be wrong. So check that one out, everyone. And uh, yeah, I guess with that we can hop on over to the news this week. Fair amount of news, all things considered, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got some more casting news coming out of Moon Knight. We finally uh, know who's going to be playing Moon Knight in the Moon Knight show, and along with that, they also cast the main villain this week, and it's Ethan Hawke. It is, yeah, that's uh, very, very cool. I like Ethan Hawke. I Same. do find it funny that he's in a comic book show after yeah. decrying comic book movies <laughs> and stuff, yep. as usual, as is usually the thing. Money, money, money. Hey, I hate these comic book shows. You know, hey, man, you know, they're so derivative and, you know, devoid of art. Money, 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 making it rain with this money. I will play whatever you tell me to. <laughs> Which leads to the question, who do we think he's going to play? I doubt he's going to be Bushman or Bushmaster because, well, he looks like Ethan Hawke. I would like him to play, like, Konshu. I think mm. Konshu would be pretty good. I mean, it depends on, like, how they do Konshu. True enough. Yeah, because, you know, we think he's going to be fighting a supervillain, but very easily Konshu could be the villain of a Moon Knight show, without a doubt. Yeah. I know a lot of people are saying uh, was it's not Black Spectre, but it's the uh, like his evil counterpart. Oh, uh, I don't Black know who that is. Something here. I'm actually googling it right now. Moon Knight villains. Because <laughs> truth be told, I don't know that much, and I don't think a lot of his villains. Uh, what is it? Uh, recur. Ah, Count mm -hmm. Nefario. I could see him as Count Nefario. Yeah, I could see him. Yeah. 
that'd be a good character just to introduce because you get Count Nefario in there and then you get Madame Mask in there too as well. Ooh, yeah. That would be a fun one. Oh, who else? Killer Shriek. Again, never heard of him. Don't see him come back all that often. Jester, a little too close to Joker, I think. Yeah, nah, we're not going to be getting Jester. No, probably not. Bushman, probably the most famous, well-known Moon Knight villain because he was in a couple of the runs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't I don't know. Lots of places they could go with it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 could, I could definitely see him as a Khonshu. Just yeah. like like whether it be like well i don't know how they're going to be doing conchu whether it's going to be like a cgi because conchu has to be in the show oh yeah of course whether it's going to be cgi or something or or it's it's possible he could be maybe some form of not moon knight mm-hmm. like a yeah, different yeah. aspect of moon knight right because they love that thing too and you know man moon knight fits perfectly into the theme that perpetuates you know in most of the marvel movies and that is the real enemy exists inside ourselves self-mastery and everything moon knight is literally a hero at war with himself 24 7 yeah so that would be interesting yeah i could totally see him in the chair put the big dumb uh, skull head on him <laughs> Have him Ethan Hawk it up. Man, he even kind of looks like Count Nefario in this picture, though. Yeah. You just uh, dye his tips a little bit, and then there you go. He's Count Nefario. Yeah. <laughs> I could see it as something, too, like maybe Count Nefario hires Mark Spector's mercenary team and mm-hmm. gets them in trouble in the first place. Yeah, sends them to Egypt because he's after something Conchu related. Mm-hmm. Maybe Bushman uh, is a member of that mercenary team. Again, there's mm-hmm. lots of ways you could adapt this for television. Don't know if they'll do that because that's a bit too close to uh, Frank Castle and uh, yeah. uh, what's his name? Uh, Jigsaw. Yeah. Ah, but that's a whole other thing people don't remember. Or maybe they do because maybe Daredevil's going to be in the new Spider-Man. <laughs> and also maybe Chris Evans is coming back as Captain America, but he said it's news to me. <laughs> <laughs> then again, you know, hey, they're doing that whole, uh, what is it, Samuel L. Jackson's Secret Invasion show. So it's like, hey, Chris, can you come in for a day and pretend to be a scroll? <laughs> yeah, sure. You got a day. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that would be fun. So yeah, hey, the Moon Knight show shaping up. And man, they're really rolling out the casting on this, aren't they? They are. I imagine it's going to be starting to shoot soon. You would hope so. I mean, here's hoping it all goes well. With the new COVID restrictions and everything, I'm sure it must be a pain in the ass to uh, have to film a show now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Not everyone can afford those Tom Cruise robots to enforce uh, keeping everyone <laughs> apart. <laughs> Man, it's like, you know, crazy Tom Cruise used to bug me when he was jumping on Oprah's couch and talking about the space pope and kidnapping Katie Holmes and everything. But now that he's Tom Cruise, the crazy uh, movie studio had yelling at people to wear their masks and keep, you know, uh, COVID precautions in place and buying robots to do it. <laughs> this is the crazy Tom Cruise I like. More of this, please. <laughs> Uh, fun, fun. So, I mean, if anyone was going to buy murder bots, it was going to be the Church of Scientology. Yeah, oh, it's going to be Tom Cruise. Yeah, mm. <laughs> of course. Everyone is surprised by that, but it's not shocking at all. It's like, He's oh, gonna... wow, it took two, this long? Mm, for real. That's, uh, that's Act 2 of 2021. Tom Cruise tries to convert a bunch of those Boston Dynamic robots to the Church of Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> then they end up supplanting him, and then they become the Church of Robotology, like from Futurama. <laughs> they replace him with, like, like a host, like like a Westworld host, but yes. it's like like people people immediately glob onto the fact because t- Tom Cruise becomes normal. Yeah, really? <laughs> huh, Tom Cruise was replaced by a robot, and nobody noticed until we all noticed. <laughs> I am CruiseBot3000. <laughs> Body feetins. <laughs> took me a minute to remember some of their bullshit what's it what's the shit they're always on about i have a built-in e-meter yeah uh was was it auditing there you fa- go yeah fa- blowing up people with nuclear weapons to free their souls <laughs> yep there you go yeah get, gotta get all them alien souls out into the air <laughs> Jeez, matt we really lost the scientology fan base on this one <laughs> they they ain't coming back for uh episode 2020 <laughs> They're currently putting together a smear campaign against us now. Haha, <laughs> joke's on you, Scientology. You can't smear me any more than I already <laughs> smear myself on a daily basis. 
What's their smear campaign going to be? Joel watches Big Mouth, actually enjoys it, but can't tell anyone. <laughs> well, shit, you got me there. I watch it for the lore, damn it. <laughs> uh, and on that note, everyone, I think we can move on uh, to the next story. And man, so uh, DC announced a ton of new comics that we're going to be getting to read after Future State is said and done with. And this story is actually evolving from one we watched uh, last week, and that is that, hey, Robin Damien Wayne is getting a new book now. He's not just going to be backups in the main Batman book from Joshua Williamson. It's going to be a whole book from Joshua Williamson. Yeah, I, I it, it had to happen. It had it was it was heading in that direction. It was pretty obvious that it was going in that direction. And yeah, it's pretty cool. Seems like a bit of a dice roll because it's like, well, haven't you guys tried to give Damien his own standalone series several times? And does it like not last that long? Yeah, I, I guess this might be a bit different just because of where it's coming from. Whereas all the other ones are just like trying to like make him more popular, but he's already popular. He's got an interesting story to carry on now from like James Tynan and like everything that happened in Titans and whatnot. This is like Joshua yeah. Williamson kind of like fixing all of that and running with it. Mm. True. It's also like, hey, this is as close as we're going to get to Joshua Williamson writing like a mainline Batman book. And yes, I know he wrote Batman Superman, but this is like a book in Gotham and like with the Bat family, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. Obviously we can see from the cover here, looks like Deathstroke and his daughter Ravager are going to be characters in this, which got to, who, whose idea was it that Damien and Deathstroke were going to be like this now? Cause they're not like that in the comics. They rarely ever cross paths, but for some reason comic writers and even that one animated movie have just had this like super like rock hard erection for getting these two characters together. I get, I think it's like, well, he's a killer. Damien's a killer. Both Let's assassins. Put them together. I guess so, where it's like, you know, and also too, where it's like Deathstroke is like Batman, but worse, and he has like a messed up relationship with his kids in the same way that Batman has a messed up relationship with his adopted kids, which I'm guessing that's why Ravager is going to be here, because like, mm -hmm. I'm sure Damien and Ravager would get along. Oh, I'm sure they've got a lot in common. Also too, brand new costume, I like the orange. We don't get enough orange in superhero costumes. Apparently he's going to have quite a few over the oh. course of the series like a, a, a new costume every couple of issues or something interesting, interesting. so maybe this is him trying to find right. find the one that fits sort of right. thing because he's finding himself and everything because mm -hmm. again this this is surprising in and of itself that he's even calling himself robin anymore because when we last yeah. saw him in detective comics he mm -hmm. gave the r back and said he was done and needed to be his own man yeah well they couldn't call it anything else mainly because of, no. like it wouldn't sell <laughs> Well, they had Damien, son of Batman, for a little bit, which was one of the last books they canceled. Like, well, that's your name right there. Just call it Son of Batman. Then people would think it's a follow-up to that. True enough. Uh, we see a new character here. Some, like, pale woman I've never seen before, as well as Raish and uh, his mother. Yeah, I had a feeling they would be involved in this somehow. I wonder if nobody's going to show back up in this, too, because obviously that was a character who followed damien from the batman and robin book to his solo series even to super sons mm -hmm. so it'd be interesting to see her pop up in this one as well yeah also too speaking of super sons they're doing those digital books right now but i also discovered that because they're all digital issues and they're short they're actually going to be putting them together and re-releasing them as extra length, like issue number one, when like the first arc is done. Which probably should have happened beforehand, because the story yeah. at the moment is just like chopped up to buggery. Yeah, that's like the, the feeling I got. Like, the, like you jump into an issue and it's just like, oh, all this stuff happened that you didn't get to see on the page. And it's like, well, why bother? <laughs> yeah, like I read issue one, I'm like, this is fun, but this is going to be a pain in the ass to review every week. And then mm -hmm. it's like, oh, we're putting it all together in a regular format comic. And I'm like, cool, I'll read those then. Mm -hmm. i like that it exists as a digital but also man you probably should come out with these first like you said matt yeah oh well but yeah so we got some more robin stuff going on yeah i i wonder how they're gonna deal with the whole oh i'm robin again because it's like but didn't you say tim was gonna be robin again because he took the costume back and he's the robin eternal robin for future state <laughs> yeah i i'm there'll be something there'll be i i trust joshua williamson to deliver True. on something and I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't give a shit. 
he can be Robin. Tim can be Robin. They can all be Robin. It doesn't yeah. matter. There's been multiple Robins at the same time. Whatever. It's fine. I don't care. I know some people really fucking care about the hierarchy and everything. I don't care. Just like at Marvel, I don't care there's two Spider-Man. I don't care there's two Hawkeyes. They all fill different niches. Mm -hmm. And when I want to read one, I'll read one. And when I want to read the other, I'll read the other. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why for some people they think it's like, no, there can only be one at one time in the main universe. No. <laughs> In fact, I know that's something uh, me and my other co-host Sal argue about all the other uh, all the time because his his big thing is is that he doesn't care for redundancy. Redundancy <laughs> is the problem, and I'm like, yeah, all right. I mean, I guess if you are that kind of person where it's like you know a place for everything and everything in its place, having two Robins would probably stick in your crawl. <laughs> but I've never cared, and I will continue to not care. It just matters. Like, yo, is the story good? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter if there's. Two Robins, two Superboys, two Batmans, two Supermen, two mm -hmm. Spidermen. As yep. long as the stories are good. And again, like twenty years from now, like if the stories are good and we're looking back at them, that that that'll be a sub note to be like, well, actually there was two Robins at this time, which is what people forget. It's like, does this impact the story? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so there's your Damien news, everyone. This this looks cool, and I definitely want to read it uh, more now because I know it's from Joshua Williamson. Mm-hmm. Joshua Williamson, who killed it in his Future State Justice League book. Uh, he did. That was so good. Man, that's that's like the best one I think I've read yet. That one's so good. It's really damn good. It's a killer premise about like, you know, what if the Justice League didn't know each other's secret identity? And what if they like, you know, lost the family camaraderie of it all? Yeah. What if they became if what if it became a job? Yeah, what if it became just a job? And of course, because they're all good-looking young people, they're all fucking around and not doing what they're supposed to be doing anyway. Because <laughs> you can't stop it. And uh, yo, the fucking Hyper Clan came back. Holy shit. Again, this whole future state's been just like digging through uh, Grant Morrison's trash. Yeah, really. What do you got? <laughs> bringing him back, bring back, bringing back Stellaris, the tyrant's son. Ugh. I'm I'm more shocked than anything uh, that the Hyper Clan hasn't been seen since 1997. That like that mm -hmm. was too sacred. That Morrison JSA run that no one ever brought them back again for anything. Yeah, yeah, and uh, given that they were like like White Martians and everything, you'd think that like oh this would have been like the perfect thing for like Scott Snyder to use yeah. throughout his like big epic run. That's true. No. You know, I think the problem is, I think it's because they're white Martians and no one fucking knows what's going on with Martians half the time in this universe. They're like, oh, just just leave it. It's not worth bringing it back. <laughs> hey, here's the thing I found out about Joshua Williamson from listening to an interview with him. Uh, he was taught in school by Brian Michael Bendis. He, like, taught his writing course. Oh, that's cool. And they're actually- Now everyone friends. hates him. Now I everyone know. hates Joshua Williamson now. Everyone hates him now, yeah. Because they're like good friends and colleagues, and then I had a eureka moment, because obviously Joshua Williamson cut his teeth writing the horror comic Nailbiter. Mm -hmm. And there's a scene in Nailbiter where Brian Michael Bendis shows up as himself to this serial killer town. <laughs> and the Nailbiter, the famous serial killer of the book, is like, oh, Brian Michael Bendis, I'm a massive fan, will you sign my books, please? <laughs> And it's like, what the fuck? And then the serial killer's like, yeah, I love you so much, Brian Michael Bendis. You're the greatest serial killer of all time. You've murdered so many <laughs> beloved characters and made so many people so sad. You're my fucking hero. Oh, that's great. And, and Brian Michael Bendis is like, I didn't, I, I didn't mean it that way. But oh, okay, I just, you know, thought I was, I was telling stories and everything. But all right, that <laughs> if you read nothing else from Nailbiter, read that issue because it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Because you never see that. You never see other comic creators just show up in things. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, there's your Damien, everyone. Uh, what else we got going on? Uh, oh, here's a surprising one from Marvel. We mentioned there wasn't much Marvel news, but there was. Apparently, uh, come April, Miles Morales will be taking his own crack at the Clone Saga as of issue number 25. Yeah, is this still being written by Saladin Ahmed? Yes, in fact, as he said on Twitter, he's been building up to this story for a while, apparently. Yeah, well, it's written by him. It's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, his Mile stuff has been pretty solid. And in fact, we kind of got a mini clone saga during the Ultimatum arc because the Assessor, the guy who kidnapped Miles and was trying to learn his powers and had knowledge of the Ultimate Universe, 
he had like clones of Miles that he was selling, but they were like cheap defective clones because apparently only the Jackal uh, sells the good clones. Do you think that's what this story will will deal with as well? Because like in the cover, we get to see Miles plus like three yeah uh clones and they all look like equally fucked up than the last totally yeah i I think definitely it's going to be building up with those clones we're going to be picking up with them but also someone actually pitched an interesting theory and they said what if you know clones for this mile book miles book what if they're not clones of him what if they're clones of other people from the ultimate universe because now Mm. obviously the assessor knows about it hmm interesting because, yeah, that would be a way to bring characters back and also jog Miles' memory because that's been the big thing for the last couple arcs in the Miles mm-hmm. Morales book is he's slowly but surely remembering the life he lived in the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, I have a feeling that's all going to come to an head with, like, the Maker and, like, yeah, yeah. this. And it's it's going to be some big event. This year, yeah, I feel that that's probably going to be... We're going to see the return of the Ultimate Universe in some form. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that either. Also, too, hey, Uncle Aaron died again, so that would be interesting if they're like, but we can clone him. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. again, as you said, they'll bring back characters that have uh, long since died or people have forgotten about. And yeah, I could see that happening. Or other versions, too, where it's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm Miles' mom, but Miles' mom is alive, yeah, in this universe, but you died in the other universe. Yeah, ooh. It's also, I'm also interested for the King in Black tie-in, too, because it's Miles fighting symbiote dragons like he did in the first issue of Venom, but also maybe now that he's going to see a symbiote again, it can jog his memory of the fact where it's like, yeah, ultimate Venom killed your mom, man. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. He, yeah. Maybe he get, he, maybe he, uh, uh, goes into the hive. Yeah. That would be something for him to remember where it's like, yeah, this happened. You don't remember this happening, but this actually happened. So the idea of you fighting to like save Venom and help Venom is kind of interesting. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. And I don't think any writer has really touched on that yet, because Miles' mom has been alive for so long, I think people forget that she died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, so yeah, this clone saga thing, I-, I know how people are feeling, where it's like, oh my god, Marvel, how many times are you gonna dredge up the clone saga? Is this, like, some sick, you know, rite of passage initiation in the writer's room, where it's like, you have to take a spin at clone saga, you have to, we all had to do it. <laughs> now you gotta do it, too. Yeah, well, with Saladin Ahmed, I'm sure it'll have quite an interesting uh, twist to it uh, to separate it from uh, Peter's version of it and everything. So yeah, I'm looking, f- I'm looking forward to it. I might pick up this book again. Yeah. I mean, it certainly helps that you know the uh, what is it the the stakes of it all are set incredibly low when it comes for <laughs> Clone Saga, so you only have to clear it so much. <laughs> Look, you just got to be better than this. You just got to be better than clone conspiracy and total clonage and all those other ones. Can you be better than that? Absolutely. And maybe be as good as the Bendis Ultimate Clone Saga. I feel that goes unsaid, too. It's like, well, actually, Bendis did write the good Clone Saga. He did it in Ultimate. (laughs) You think that might might get involved in this because it's, again, referencing with the Ultimates and stuff. Quite possible. Yeah, maybe we'll see a cloned version of the Scorpion who is also Peter. Yeah. Because that would also be a fun callback to to be like, hey, actually, Miles' first villain he fought was the cartel version of the Scorpion, but I don't think he ever met the other ultimate Scorpion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was funny, too, to see, uh, what is it, uh, old Marvel writers on Twitter responding to this where it's like really clone saga again whatever <laughs> <laughs> but you guys just did oh, sure whatever it's fine <laughs> it's fine maybe this story will dig up to some of the extra loose clones is, is kane still around is kane dead what happened to him i can't remember either no one remembers what we happened just had to we just had scarlet spider and iron man so right. he might might have just he might have been blown up Right. Is Scarlet Spider still an asshole? Because he was a villain in the one behind Clone Conspiracy, but he just kind of got to walk away from it. Well, he's, he was like a hero in that Iron Man book. He, was, he? He, joined, he joined Tony's team, so... Okay, did people forget that? Probably. Some people are saying Kane's dead, some people are saying Kane's alive. Okay, Ben Riley. yeah, Ben Riley was the one in Iron Man, because he became Scarlet mm-hmm. Spider again, and was kind of a bad guy. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Then again, it's almost like, no, let this be Miles' own story. Leave those other clones (laughs) over there. 
<laughs> maybe maybe he can call them because I know he met them like in the Spider Verse and everything. So to see him call and be like, oh, "Hey guys, what do I do in case of clones?" Yeah, yeah. Break break this 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 glass in case of clones. <laughs> it's a big like raid it's bottle just, clone repellent. Yeah, it's just Ben Riley's phone number or something. <laughs> You know, that's fine, too, where it's like, look, if Miles is going to be doing his own Clone Saga story, then let it be his and don't let those other guys get involved. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I have to imagine while this is going on, we, Peter's going to be dealing with stuff with Kindred still and yeah. have his own shit to deal with and that all the other guys are going to have their own stuff to deal with. Which, uh, speaking of which, there's not a lot to talk about from Spider-Man this week, but I might as well as we're weaving our comic talk into this because I got an interview and a spoiler cast. They did something fun. What is it? The uh, the cops picked up all the bodies that Kindred had dug up, like, you know, Uncle Ben and Gwen Stacy mm-hmm. and all of, like, Spider-Man's closest friends and family. But they left it on a hell of a cliffhanger with, like, Carly Cooper calling Spider-Man and being like, oh, we found an extra body. Oh, jeez. Now, I took it to mean, and a lot of people called me on this for it not being 100% confirmed, but the way they do it is they smash cut to Mary Jane in bed, which led me to be like, oh, fuck, did they find an extra Mary Jane body? (laughs) And if so, is this the chameleon playing a trick? Did he slip on in? Did, what is it, uh, Mary Jane actually die in that fight with Green Goblin instead of not just, you know, pretending to be dead? Or is that the pre-One More Day Mary Jane? There's a lot of interesting places they could go. Another one. Could it be uh, Harry's body? You know, it's probably that. That's probably yeah. more than likely. K- Kindred isn't Harry. <laughs> no, yeah, Kindred isn't Harry, or it's someone who looks like Harry, or more than likely, that's like, you know, the pre-One More Day Harry, the one that did die, so his body's <laughs> actually been exhumed, that <laughs> whole thing. But yeah, that's that's what I thought about it. Cool. Uh, all right, what else we got going on from there? Oh, a whole bunch of new Batman books, Matt. You know, apparently, you know, DC, uh, you know, they, they really like this guy. They really like this Batman. And, you Seems know, they to think, sell very well. Yeah, you know, 2021, it's going to be the year, you know, they're really going to give Batman his shot. It's never really been done before. <laughs> it's kind of an untested ID. He's kind of an untested property. But they're, you know, they're getting behind him 100%. They're pushing Batman <laughs> for SummerSlam. <laughs> Because he's getting not one, but two brand new series. The first is Batman Dark Knight from Tom Taylor. Yeah, uh, th- this uh, has me very excited because be- he teased it uh, like for so long. And I don't yeah, know whether you actually saw the tease. He went out into like the Australian bush and found like a I bunch did. of bats and stuff. And it was cool. Really fun. Cool. It was cool. I- I yeah, think this, this all- looks really cool. It really does. It's going to be a six-part miniseries. It's going to be taking Batman out of Gotham and all around Europe. Yeah, and people immediately said that this was just ripping off Batman Incorporated, which Batman leaving Gotham doesn't mean it's ripping off Batman Incorporated. <laughs> yeah, because every time, you know, Batman leaves, it's a ripoff of something else. But yeah. uh, uh, no one says that it's a ripoff of Batman Europa, which was also a story about Batman traveling around Europe, apparently. <laughs> And it was also six issues. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> but no, yeah, finally getting to see uh, Tom King given the reins of a Batman book is pretty dope. I guess this shows like the ultimate, like how far you can push it as a comic book freelancer who hasn't signed exclusive with either company where it's like, look, we would probably give you the main Batman book, but because you don't work for us, we don't trust you 100%, but have your own miniseries. It's really funny you should say that because it's like, it only seems like they do that with Batman because um, like going forward, like the guy writing uh, the Superman books in Infinite Frontier he's a freelancer yeah he's a freelancer he's doing like the alien stuff over at marvel and a bunch of marvel stuff written by freelancers for a while but batman can't batman's not allowed to be because he's the feather in the cap he's the shiniest of the jewels yeah but yeah, this uh, this sounds dope. A lot of people also jump to the conclusion that uh, Knight and Squire are probably going to be involved because there's a whole thing where he goes to London. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I like the art on this one, too. He has a trench coat and goggles, but it doesn't look stupid. Yeah, it it, it kind of looks like uh, Damien's uh, 666 costume. Yeah, yeah, it does. Holy shit. Yeah, interesting. Huh. Man, yeah. wouldn't that be a weird bit of connective tissue? <laughs> <laughs> 
for Dami to be like, yes, I also need a coat, father, and a pair of goggles. <laughs> <laughs> for that is what I shall do. But yeah, I, I love the idea of Taylor doing a Batman uh, miniseries. Obviously, he's written Batman a bunch in his Injustice books, his Deceased books, uh, even in annuals here and there. He's shown that he can definitely bring something interesting to the character. Yeah, um, it also begs the question he's going through europe and everything that joker book takes place in europe as well with jim gordon hunting joker is this going to be like a tie in sort of thing will we see a little bit of crossover i don't know hopefully yeah i guess we'll see yeah i'm excited for that as much as we might piss and moan about you know batman getting special privileges and there being too much of it at the same time it's like yeah but that's pretty good though and i will read that probably <laughs> they put the good writers on it yeah that's the thing where it's like you can't complain too much because it's like look they put good writers on it and these are going to be short this is just a mini series yeah but you know if it does good we'll get a sequel we'll get the dark knight 2 darker <laughs> dark knight 2 much night very fast <laughs> good dog <laughs> And uh, that wasn't the only new Batman title we're getting to because we're getting Batman Urban Legends, which is very interestingly not a standalone book, but actually a collection of anthologies. Mm -hmm. Written by some really awesome people. I talked about this about a month ago when I talked about the Infinite Frontier books on my channel. And um, yeah, it like the, the talent they've got for this, again, some of our favorites. So, so good. Yeah, it's all good writers some of our favorites now again i think they're going to be selling this book for like eight bucks too but it's like well you can't say you don't get bang for your buck on this one let's let's look at some of the creators we got here uh leading the charge is going to be chip zadarsky who of course is killing it with daredevil right now he's going to be writing the main story which looks to actually be a batman versus red hood centric story mm -hmm. surprising to see red hood here because after the end of his series and the ousting of famous sex predator scott lobdell <laughs> they they didn't bring red hood back for a new book yet and i kept counting down to be like okay but he's gonna get a new book right like he's coming back he's got a new thing does he even have a thing in future standard did they remove they, that they mention him in in robin eternal and they, did, they yeah. mention him in the most uh, like jason todd thing in that he betrayed the bat family to the magistrates right yeah because for a second there it almost looked like hey are we moving grifter in here to try and like push like jason <laughs> todd back a little bit like hey the bulk of your work is written by a terrible man who we had to fire and protected for way too long so you sit in the back and here's grifter he's got guns and a mask too i'd be fine with that Grifter's a much more interesting character uh, as the chat is saying he does actually have a backup for future state okay but uh, yeah, and he's going to be here in Batman Urban Legends, something about a killer super drug that's taken Gotham by storm and Bruce and Jason are going to fight about it. Yeah, well, why? Because Jason wants to use it, I guess. Jason, yeah, Jason <laughs> he's wants selling it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, how? what is Jason's weird hang up about the drugs? How is this even a fight? You can't stop me, Dad. I'm going to do all the drugs. <laughs> no, Jason, I have to stop you. <laughs> Look, I've taken up butt chug and I'm going to butt chug all the drugs. <laughs> this is the new me now, Dad, and you just have to deal with it. <laughs> Man, you know, you mentioned Grifter. It's so funny. I, I read that Grifter back up and I'm like, oh, it's pretty solid. I like Matthew Rosenberg. In fact, hey, Grifter and Matthew Rosenberg are also going to have a backup in this that's <laughs> taking place between Future State and his last appearance. Did, did the same thing hit you that hit me where it's like, oh yeah, Grifter, you know, he's like a super mercenary and he's got guns and he can do all this other stuff. He can also see aliens too, but that power doesn't help him at all in any of these situations because he can only see the very specific Wildstorm aliens, the <laughs> Daemonites. Yeah. <laughs> I love that one of his skills is just completely useless. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that, 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 that's very fitting uh for for the new cold cash as well uh, as since he's just this like loser just a guy <laughs> yeah I, I i mean assumedly if the book is popular and matthew rosenberg gets to keep writing it they'll have to bring in the daemonites at some point i imagine they will but they're probably trying to distance themselves from uh future's end mm, remember probably. remember how that was like a like a whole like thing where like he could he was the only one who could see them and and well, uh, he could only see people from other earths which yeah. is a power that they never actually used because future state is or future's end is stupid and that's another problem with it yeah yeah that they set up he had this power and then the power was never useful no <laughs> but yeah 
Christ, I remember in the early days of the New 52, uh, what is it, when they tried to launch, uh, what is it, uh, it Authority or Stormwatch, it was one of those Mm -hmm. books, and they were, like, uh, playing with the idea that, like, ooh, the Daemonites are going to invade all of Earth, and it's going to be a big crossover, and then they canceled that book, and they never talked about it again. Yeah, they had the whole thing where, like, uh, was it Earth 2 was coming over and merging with Earth 1, and... And they, yeah, nothing ever happened with that. All this setup for it, all these refugees coming over, and the Earth was going to war with itself, and yeah, nothing. Stormwatch was the book, thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. they also had like Superman fight one of the big Stormwatch villains, the guy who looked like Ghost Rider but wasn't Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. but who also had a flaming skull head. It's funny the stuff that actually makes it in from Wildstorm and the stuff that they just forgot about. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't done. Well, I'm. I they can't do anything with it, can they? It's like no, one of those right, rights things, isn't it? Well, they own it. It's just I think they got tired of trying. <laughs> Jim Hellstorm. Lee's always trying to tr- trying to make it happen. Yeah, one of these Hellstorm. Thank you. Yeah, <sighs> great name. Yeah, no wonder this universe, you know, didn't catch on. <laughs> Hellstorm from Wildstorm and Stormwatch is all. Is it all Storm is with you guys? Seriously? <laughs> yep. Uh, so there you go uh also brandon thomas is going to be on the book uh he's going to be doing a new outsiders thing so if you're a fan of outsiders they're getting a lot of love right now stephanie phillips is going to be writing a harley quinn story in this actually in between actually kicking up her new harley quinn series this is apparently going to deal uh with harley and ivy and their relationship follow because they seemingly are making ivy a villain again yeah they they're they're going back they're doubling down on that i thought they were going to like do a switch and it was all going to be be a big red herring but now they're doubling down on that which is pretty cool I think Cecil Castellucci is going to get a story in here, too. If it's not an issue one, it's an issue two that's going to be dealing with Batgirl and Oracle and all that other stuff. So look out for that. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, if you're a fan of anything in the Batman universe, you're going to be well taken care of here, clearly. Absolutely. So there you go. Uh, Is that everything we had for news? Yeah, I guess that's everything we had for news proper. And with that, we can hop on over to the big spoiler cast portion of the show. And oh, boy uh we watched wandavision this week not one but two episodes and whatever you thought the show was about you're wrong (laughs) yeah it's it's something it really is so when i saw the trailer for this and i'm sure you would agree matt we all thought oh that's funny they're doing a throwback to old retro american sitcoms i bet that'll be the a plot and in the b plot we'll see you know characters running around in the real world and we'll have like little breaks from it nope no no we just got two episodes that are 50s comedies hey kids sit down and watch the dick van dyke show and after that watch a black and white episode of bewitched and that's the show like literally (laughs) that's the show and when you thought like oh well they're gonna do it the marvel way you know they're gonna be winking and nudging and making like you know topical pop culture references and being like oh man you know 30 sitcoms and like you know 50 sitcoms they sure were weird right nope they're just doing it yeah it's it's literally just a, a, a straightforward 50s 60s sitcom this is probably one of the ballsiest, most devil-may-care creative choices I have ever seen in any property, in any franchise ever. And really, it's the sort of wild swing you can only get away with when you already made, like, the most popular billion-dollar film franchises. Oh, they couldn't have done this before Endgame or anything like that. They they had to do that after they've established themselves and people will watch anything put out for the MCU. Tevia says very meta. That's not what meta means, Tevia, but okay, thank you. <laughs> this, In fact, this is the opposite of meta, Tevia, because they're not winking and nudging and they're not making this a reference for anything. They're just doing the thing. It's literally Wanda and Vision inhabiting the Nick at Night lineup. Yeah. Now, that's not to say it's not without, like, we do go back to the quote-unquote real world like very briefly like in both episodes only the credits the credits are the only modern thing about it yeah yeah there's 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 parts in in the episodes where where like the 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 immersion breaks Mm. as well and it gets super creepy it does it gets very horror i was you know a lot of people were comparing this to like the truman show and like pleasantville and there's definitely a lot of that in it but even my mind went to like stuff like uh, "Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared," that creepy puppet show. Mm-hmm. 
which was also very much in being like, hey, let us examine the horror and unreality that exists, you know, on top of like, you know, very warm, fuzzy entertainment. Yeah, what's happening? It's it's like that. It's like that thing where it's like, the, yeah, it's a nice, nice neighborhood and like mm-hmm. you know, nice family friendly neighborhood. But what's going behind? Going on behind closed doors? Somewhere friggin' uh, what is it? David Lynch is jerking off with blue velvet right now. <laughs> this is David Lynch's favorite Marvel show. <laughs> but yeah, so like every so often usually when people actually like challenge wanda and vision to be like oh well where did you meet where are you from things get really weird and really fucked up and then something always happens to like snap us back into reality yeah well well, we we should probably set up the premise of the show which is that wanda and vision uh it's like the classic 50s they're they're a Mm -hmm. totally normal couple that move into a new new uh neighborhood and they they try to try to fit in Yep, and uh, episode one is the most hackneyed, cliche sitcom setup ever. Vision's boss is coming to dinner. How are they going to make a full dinner and also, you know, pretend to be normal when they're very clearly not? And then Wanda thinks it's actually their anniversary, and you get the the, the comedy from all of that. Yep, and uh, the living room is literally the living room from the Dick Van Dyke show, like 100%, (laughs) like shot for shot, recreated. Go go search Dick Van Dyke show living room, everyone, and you'll see that that's absolutely what it is. (laughs) And uh, yeah, they, (laughs) friggin' Kitty from that 70s show shows up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, as uh, Mrs. Hart, a wonderful, wonderful actress. Totally, and the heart, that's either a reference to Jack of Hearts, or more likely it's a reference to Steve Englehart, the guy who wrote the first, uh, what is it, Wanda and Vision solo series, where they, again, moved into a small neighborhood and tried to make a go at being normal. Yeah. Which I thought that was very fun, and yes, every every time they're challenged, every time they, you know, we're actually getting close to them having to explain something, they they can't remember, they don't know, and then something bad happens to make everyone forget. Yeah, or if in in Vision's case, when he goes to work at the was it the the computational place something. or something? Yeah, he's like he he keeps questioning what he exactly does, yeah, and no no one can give him like an answer, or they like wave it away. Did uh did you also notice what I noticed and that is that Vision only uses his powers when Wanda's around? Mhm. Mhm. That's cuz thought... Vision doesn't exist. Yeah, cuz he's dead cuz he's almost certainly a construct. In fact, we get several fun little references. Like I think Wanda's first line is, "Oh, my famously hard-headed husband, what killed him? Oh yeah, a head injury." <laughs> Flying saucers. Oh yeah, he was killed by an alien too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of shit like that. We get fun little commercials to break up the episodes that also have really interesting and really sinister double meanings. Oh, yeah. They're absolutely references to Wanda's trauma and trauma she suffered throughout her life. The first being uh, an advertisement for a Stark uh, Industries toaster, uh, which ticks down like a bomb, like probably the bomb that trapped them, trapped her and Petro in mm. their home in Age of Ultron never burn his toast ever again I'm like oh that is a sinister extra meaning when you think <laughs> about it and then my personal favorite strucker brand watches oh yeah baron von strucker the guy who kidnapped them and experimented on them against their will and gave them their powers and even the tagline he'll always have time for you and i'm like that sounds like a veiled fucking threat is what that sounds like <laughs> You think Strucker might show up in this? I thought it would be interesting because he died off screen and they could very easily be like, no, I faked my death. I have a feeling, I know in one of the trailers, there's like someone slowed it down and it looked like it was like Wanda being exposed to the, to the gym the first time. So we might get to see like her, like how she got her powers. Mm -hmm. So we might get, we might get to see him. Uh, in the next episode, they have a talent show where they play Glamour and Illusion, who are also Marvel characters. And, oh, what's that on the disappearing box? That looks a lot like an Infinity Stone, doesn't it? <laughs> and Vision always saying flourish when he does when he does his magic. Flourish. Man, can I just say drunk Paul Bettany is somehow even more char- charming than <laughs> he, sober Paul Bettany? <laughs> he reminded me a lot of his character from A Knight's Tale. Oh yeah, he was Hugh Granting it up in the best way. Yeah, and it, well, the reason he's drunk and a, a robot can get drunk is because he he 
eats chewing gum and accidentally swallows it and it gums mm. up his gears literally gums up the works that's after he calls a guy a communist yeah which everyone just laughs and that's a great time about <laughs> oh that's funny Ooh, we haven't talked about agnes yet the wacky next door neighbor who is almost certainly some version of agatha harkness oh absolutely i think it's confirmed that she is and i i am willing to bet good money that her husband ralph who we haven't seen but she keeps mentioning is mephisto Oh, fuck, that would be... Because, yeah, people forget in the original Steve Englehart WandaVision story, Mephisto did eventually get involved because of the kids and everything. In fact, this show is weird and interesting about the kids in, like, Mm -hmm. the first two episodes. Oh, when are you two going to have children? Children this, children that. The town even gets all creepy for the children, for the children. Yeah, again, I think it's going to... She's going to... We've seen her... uh, She's definitely going to have her babies. And I think it's then they're not real it's going to be like like mephisto mephisto created them like it did in the comics mm-hmm. and um or something similar yeah and then eventually she's going to will them into existence or something and then they can join the avengers and then that can be a franchise yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and, it, and it's me elmo x too and there's no children in the town at all yeah even in the big like fundraiser for the children there's no children yeah it's just all adults all weird adults all weird it does wanda makes herself pregnant but then rewinds time to where she's not which is kind Mm -hmm. of interesting yeah yeah as well as just just like talking about the town and everything like like the people we see like i'm convinced that like these aren't people that are like in wanda's head i think they're real people who got sucked into her delusion yeah they're like under some sort of spell by her yeah as we see they almost break a couple times too like dotty only mm-hmm. to quickly come back to it uh, after she hurts herself. Blood being one of the only things that still registers as color. Yeah, same with that helicopter that had the sword logo on it. I'm convinced yes. that was a real helicopter, and it like flew into like their window, wherever wherever uh, Wonder is doing this this thing. Because I imagine she's taken over a town. The helicopter Seemingly. like flew in, and it turned into a heli- and turned into a toy. Right, which again, the helicopter also just so happened to have Iron Man color scheme mm-hmm. on it, which was fun. Yeah. And uh, we hear a mysterious voice on the radio in episode two. Wanda, who's doing this to you? Wanda, what's going on? Which sounded like Randall Park. I'm 90% sure that's Randall Park. <laughs> I, it sounded like Randall Park one time. It sounded like Chris Evans. Oh. I, but I, it's not going to be Chris Evans. It's probably Randall no. Park. Because we already know he's going to be in the show. We know Spectrum Monica Rambeau is going to be in the show. We know Darcy's going to well, be in the show, too. Monica Rambeau was already in the second episode. She's uh, Geraldine. Oh, right, unquote. because she, cause she gave a name, but it was clearly a fake name. She, she had to think for a second. She, yeah, she didn't. Yeah, well, it seemed like she didn't know who she was. Yeah, when asked. Yeah. So that was very interesting. And obviously she kind of got pulled into their magic stunt at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she was probably sent in by sword. to like investigate it and yeah she's like undercover trying to figure out what exactly is happening to wanda Mm, right right yeah a lot of a lot of interesting stuff going on too what the hell do we think is up with the bee lady uh well it's definitely sword related because he had a sword uh logo on the back logo on the back um people kept saying it's swarm i mean maybe just because just because bees but i have to imagine there's probably some other reason for that Swarm would actually be fairly interesting because Swarm was also a Nazi Baron Von Strucker. This would be an interesting version to have Swarm be the bad guy and be like, yeah, I worked under Strucker. I was there for all the experimentation on the twins. So like, yeah, I knew how to take over. Yeah, it could be him. I I don't know if it is, though. No, I don't know either, but it's fun to theorize. And that's the best thing about this show, too, because they didn't drop it all at once. We can have fun theorizing. Yeah, well, in, in its season two, in the uh, really fun Bewitched uh, animated opening, um, there's a reference to uh, the Grim Reaper. Oh, yeah, we see his helmet. Yeah, yeah, so I, is he going to be involved somehow? We also see Wonder Man in the background mm-hmm. of some art for some interviews they did. Yep. I keep waiting for the moment... And I wouldn't be shocked if they did it in the next couple episodes. When do we get, like, the Kramer crazy relative who comes sliding on in and it's Pietro? (laughs) That'd be pretty cool. It would be because it's like, well, she's recreating this world to be everything she wants where her husband's alive again. Why doesn't she bring her brother back to life? Yeah, I imagine he's going to be involved in some... Because 
by the way the show is set up it looks like each episode is going to be a different era of yeah of sitcom where season three i think is going into the 70s like brady bunch so i think because yeah, color yeah. came in at the end in a really really cool way as well very cool yeah yes color started coming in and they kind of look like they're in the 70s uh so yeah i could i could see him probably not appearing in that episode but probably something like the 80s or the 90s right. episodes yeah because we're getting a roseanne episode i <laughs> think we're getting like a uh fresh prince episode too yeah i think that i heard someone say that like the 2000s episode is going to be filmed like the office of course because what that's the only real thing that's happened in american scripted yeah. comedies and then the 2010s is like modern family there you go man again they cast uh what is it evan peters for this so it would be really cool to see him show up in classic sitcom fashion be like oh he's my wacky brother from see, sokovia he's balky basically see that doesn't make any sense to me why people think evan peters will be quicksilver only for the fact that he played them in the the F fox x-men films like yeah. what sense does that make for him to play that character when wanda doesn't even know that that version of him she knows well, the aaron taylor johnson version I, I, I heard people say he's playing mephisto and that makes more sense that would be fun it would also be a way to to kind of like allude to the multiverse of madness baby maybe for mm. him to show up and be like i'm your brother and she's like no you're not i don't even know who you are you're a stranger to me and then yeah. maybe we get the other guy to pop in and out and him be like oh i don't feel so good and then he starts bleeding from all the gunshot wounds that killed him <laughs> there's some dark fucked up places you could go with this where it's like you know wanda your power you're warping reality in ways you never thought before this guy is your brother but not from this world <laughs> There's some, like, real big brain places they could take. And honestly, considering the first two episodes, I don't doubt they will take it there. Oh, I imagine we're going to get all of that sort of stuff up until... I have to imagine, like, the final two episodes are going to be more traditional yeah. MCU stuff. Because that's, like, they've moved past all the errors and everything. And I think I think Paul Bettany said, like, the last couple of episodes are very more Marvel yeah. MCU stuff. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I love this. I love that it's so weird. I love that it fully committed to this retro TV aesthetic, even knowing full well that the bulk of the younger fans have never seen or even heard of the shows they're referencing. I like, as someone who likes finding out about behind the scenes stuff and technical aspects of how they did stuff, I like the idea that they they filmed it as like in four by three with i think mm. they, i think they even filmed it on film because there was like a film grain or they put it on yes. after uh the 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 effects were as cheesy as they were back then like plates yes. on strings and shit oh yeah uh the, the 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 one thing that i really like that i don't think a lot of people will hear because i listened to it through headphones they did the sound in mono which is what mm. they would have had at the time it oh, wasn't wow, surround they... sound so it's they went all out holy shit that is some next level. again yeah these are the sort of creative swings you can get away with when you've already made a billion dollars multiple times over <laughs> for movies you can be like no we want to make this weird and outside the box and really commit to this i can see why they dropped two episodes too because i could imagine the outrage from people if that first <laughs> that episode first, was yeah. the only episode you got yeah they'd be confused as like oh so it's a comedy I could imagine a bunch of people being like, they trolled us. This is a troll. Oh, I imagine there's probably even still those people. Yeah, this isn't even a real show. It's like, no, actually, it's it's very much a real show. It's just a show that you never saw. <laughs> Which, Christ, I think you and I, Matt, we're probably that last generation who still watch stuff like this, like on TV Land and like Nick at Night. <laughs> Because you had to, because, like, it was this or nothing on television, so you yeah. got, like, a backlog of weird old TV shows. Yeah, yeah, and, like, a lot of the stuff they were referencing, I really remembered, because, yeah, as you said, I saw this stuff, saw, like, I Love Lucy and the Brady mm -hmm. Bunch and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, there's going to be a whole generation there who's only grown up with the internet and only grown up with watching what they wanted to watch. And they'd be like, what is, what is even this? This is what TV used to be, kids. <laughs> I know that's weird, but this is like literally what TV used to be. And how cool is that, that the WandaVision show, the first in this new era of Marvel Disney TV shows, is actually paying homage and kind of being this weird twisted love letter to the history of american television it's fitting it's really fitting and and, and as it, it, to add to that it's on like a streaming service yeah 
which is the new TV, which is the new television. Absolutely. I'm like, wow, what what a weird choice. But like, what a great choice. You actually I'm glad this one came out first. I'm glad Falcon Winter Soldier didn't come out first. I'm glad this got to be the first one. Yeah, yeah. It it feels like it should have always been first because it wasn't meant to be. No, no, it wasn't. I think it was supposed to be, like, second, maybe even third. Yeah, well, I think Black Widow is meant to come out, then Falcon, then Winter Soldier, then this. It's so beautiful, too, because, again, the show is almost challenging you not to like it after two episodes, despite it being so funny and charming and so accurate. It's almost like Disney and Marvel being like, yeah, hey, it's the new Marvel show. Yeah, it's just the Dick Van Dyke show and Bewitched for two episodes. <laughs> what are you going to do? Not watch it? Oh, yeah, you got so many things to do in quarantine. Sit down and watch your goddamn ancient television. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you, Marvel. May I have some more? <laughs> we will be getting more i can't wait for the next episode same too where it's like okay so now i really don't know where this is going and i'm having so much fun dissecting it and thinking about it and talking about it with you and people on twitter again this is why i like that this show is actually episodic it actually earns being episodic yeah again like you just said like i really don't know where it's gonna go no it could go anywhere like like i could theorize but i don't think i'd be right it gives me so much more faith, too, in stuff like Loki and stuff like Moon Knight, where it's like, okay, they're not afraid to be weird now. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid to be outside the box. And also, they're not afraid to be like, look, this isn't going to be for everyone, and that's okay. They can, Yeah, as we said, they can afford to do this now. They can afford to take these weird chances. And hopefully, this will shut people up who are like, oh, you know, all Marvel movies are the same. They're all derivative. Da 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 da. No, because they have discovered that genre is a toy box and you play with it and you do whatever you want. And sometimes you can just drop superheroes in different genres and that's totally cool. Yeah, they've been doing that for a while, like since Iron Man 1. Oh, yeah, it's it's always been their secret ingredient. It's always been their secret weapon. And some people have refused to deal with that and they're like oh superhero is the genre no it isn't no the the genre is space opera with superheroes or action Tech thriller heist with yeah, superheroes romance. it can yeah, be and again to look over at the other guys at dc there and warner brothers like this is kind of your problem here you guys seem to think superhero is a genre and that if you just do a superhero anything it'll work even though as time has shown unless you're shazam which is like a family Christmas movie that just so happens to have superheroes in it. Yeah, it doesn't work if you do it just superheroes. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, WandaVision definitely gets the comic multiverse seal of approval. It's fucking dope. It is, it is. It's so good. It's so dope. And again, I love not knowing what's going to happen next. Friday's just got a lot better. Uh, yeah, yeah. Again, again, there was only that those couple of weeks since The Mandalorian finished and we're, we're back on with something good back on with it so so super cool uh yeah i guess we'll start unless you have anything else matt that you wanted to talk about or add i guess i'd start winding down this part of the show and kick on over to the interview segment of the show yeah i guess we can we'll be ending the live stream i'm not going to be able to play it after that otherwise i'd have to have to leave the stream up for the next two hours or so yeah matt's also got to do audio cleanup and you know fix some of my fuck up so you know (laughs) (laughs) It's my own fault. I didn't look it back when I should have. I should have done a test. So thank you, everyone, for coming and watching and listening. We still got an hour of show in here, so you didn't really get cheap change. And, of course, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this back again, both in audio and visual format in its entirety. And you'll also be getting the interview with Jim Zub. I talked to him for about an hour, too. We talk about uh, Conan the Barbarian, the new arc he's writing that he's very excited about. We talk about those two months in the comic industry when no comics were coming out. It was really nice to get an inside perspective on that. Oh, nice. So that's good. You definitely want to check that out. And, you know, we just laugh and have fun and make jokes and just be our regular old Canadian self. So that's real good. So I'm going to end this part of the show right here. And then when I'm done, I'm going to throw back over to myself. So thank you, everyone. And good night. Bye bye.